spend the majority of the night talking about our relationship with our parents. Oh my, with our parents. And uh, hey, I just want to say from the very beginning, like when I say we're going to talk about our parents tonight, I just want to acknowledge that there are some of us in the room that go, awesome, we're going to talk about my parents. That's great. They're like some of my role models. I love them. My mom or my dad's like my best friend. I'm really excited that we're going to talk about honoring our parents tonight and having a relationship with our parents. But I also want to say and acknowledge that there's, there's, there is a group of us as well who are like, this is like kind of weighty for me, talking about my parents. And, and I might not have a great relationship with my parents, or this is actually a really tough subject for me to talk about. So I just want to acknowledge, like, there might be some emotions that come up tonight that's okay to wrestle with them. Um, and I just want to say, I think no matter where you are with your walk with, with uh, Jesus and your relationship with your parents, I think God's got something really good for all of us tonight, okay? So I just want to acknowledge that from the very beginning. I've got a photo of my family. So, okay. So here we go. Can you guess which one's me? You can guess. I... If anybody likes The Office, I chose the one where I look like Dwight Schrute the most. I don't know. If you can see that. Like, I kind of look like Dwight. So this is my brother, Dakota. He's two years younger than me. He's 20. He just turned 26 in January. This is my beautiful mom, Christine, and then my father, Kevin. He's actually going into double knee surgery tomorrow. So if you want to just, like, you know, pray for D- Brandon's dad, Kevin, you could totally do that. He would appreciate that. Uh, this is my family. I love them. Uh, we're very loud. Like, guys, I'm quiet. Like, I'm the quiet one in my family. Yes, I'm the quiet one in my family. My parents are insane. We went to a wedding. We went to a wedding like during, like, oh my gosh, we went to a wedding like two summers ago and my parents at a wedding of like 21-year-olds, they were like dancing the craziest at this wedding. Like, and my brother and I are sitting at a table like, oh my gosh, like we were, we were set up for failure. No, I'm just kidding. I love my family. They also drive me crazy. So I've got some cool stories about them. But uh, no matter where you are with your family, tonight I just want to ask two questions very simply. What does the Bible say about the role of a parent? And how do we honor our father and our mother? What does the Bible say about the role of a parent? And how do we honor our father and our mother? So Bible pastors, you guys can come on up. And as you uh, make your way up, I'll just pray for our night, if you guys will join me. So Jesus, we obviously know you're our heavenly father and you've uh, given us parents in our life as well and Jesus I just pray that you would speak to tonight speak to us tonight about how to honor our parents especially as we transition into like adulthood and we're, we're trying to figure out how do we honor our parents no matter what our relationship is with them so God I just pray that you'd use me and speak through me and may we just honor our parents and our words tonight but also acknowledge the realities of the challenges that also brings with them Jesus so just be with us tonight in Jesus name amen Amen. So, hey, you guys know the drill. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. And I just want to say from the very get-go, like, there may be some of us who don't actually have a relationship with all their biological parents, uh, but I think that tonight's message can encompass even, like, parental roles in your life. If maybe you had an uncle and aunt or took care of you, your grandparents took care of you, you were adopted, um, tonight can totally be about, like, our, our, basically our parental role models in our life, those who stepped up in a parental role in our life. So I just want to say that from the very get-go. So we're going to ask the question, what does the Bible say about parents? But before I ask, answer that question, I want to ask another more important question, which is what is God's purpose with humans? This is very important to ask first. We must first ask the question, what is God's purpose with humans? So if you want to turn to the first chapter of the Bible with me, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. You've probably heard us teach this before. It's kind of a foundational text for us. So if you want to turn there, I'll read it really soon. Genesis 1, 26 through 20, this is basically like the creation of man story. So here we go. Then God said, 
let us make mankind in our image and our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and over every living creature that moves along the ground. So we have to, we have to see this reality from the very get-go, what God's purpose is with humans. It's that humans are created in the very image of God. Okay, we're created in God's image. We're created and told to rule the planet under God's authority and glory. And this command, it includes parents and it includes children. God's family structure, I want you to write this down. God's family structure is meant to bring glory to his image. God's family structure is meant to bring glory to his image. Calls humans to rule the planet under his authority and to be his very image bearers. That means we represent his character, represent his image, and we rule under his reign. So if we think about it, parents are commanded to be image bearers of God in raising their children. Parents are commanded to be image bearers of God in raising children. And on the flip, children are commanded to be image bearers of God in honoring and obeying their parents. So parents are commanded to be image bearers. Children are commanded to be image bearers in the structure that's supposed to bring glory to Jesus. And I want you to write this down too. Parents are given a season of authority in their child's life. Parents are given a season of authority in their child's life. And this is from God. So if you're thinking, what do you mean mean by season, Brandon? Well, I'm saying for children, their parents, if you think about it, they're their biggest influences. This is how God made us to be. This is how God made children. Children look to their parents to see how are we supposed to act? How are we supposed to speak? How are we supposed to live? I, I love when parents joke about how like they say like one bad word and then the kid picks it up and then they start saying the bad word over and over again. And the parents like, I said that only one time. Like in six years, I finally said that and the kid picks up off their parent and they start doing it. Or if we all look at our life, sometimes we could say like, yeah, I'm so much like my mom or I'm so much like my dad or I've learned so much like my family. This is God's structure. God actually made it this way that parents would have the biggest influence in a child's life. If you think about it too, children's brains, they haven't even fully developed to understand life's responsibilities. Legally, they can't even make a decision without their parents' consent. They can't drive. Half of them can't even make a sandwich. I was supposed to make you laugh. I'm glad I laughed. Parents were given by God the greatest influence over their children that no one else would be able to replicate except for him. So God gives parents this this season of authority in their children's lives. He gives them tons of influence. He commands them to be image bearers, to love their children. So what does he command with that? I mean, he's given them all that he's given them the structure. He's created this family structure for them to, to know God. What does he say to do with this influence? If you want to flip with me, we're going to be in Deuteronomy. It's a couple books later. Uh, we're going to read a couple, a couple verses in Deuteronomy and then a couple other uh, scripture. The book of Deuteronomy is basically Moses' like big speech before Israel's entering the promised land, and he's like, please remember the Lord. I exalt you to remember the Lord. Remember the Lord as you're about to go. Like, don't forget the Lord your God as you enter into the promised land. And under this context, these are some things he says, and I think it should really just capture our eyes. In uh, chapter 4, verses 9, Moses says this. He says, 
Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Remember the day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb, when he said to me, assemble the people before me to hear my words so that they may learn to revere me as long as they live in the land and may teach them to their children. You came near and stood at the foot of the mountain when it blazed with fire to the very heavens with black clouds and deep darkness. Chapter 6, verse 4, he continues, he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments I give to you today are to be in your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols to your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So I just want you to think about this in the moment of like, hey, Moses is like proclaiming like, hey, remember the ways of the Lord. Don't walk away from the Lord. After the first, like the, basically the first actionable step of teaching what they learn is to their children. So it's remember the ways of the Lord, teach your children impress this on your children. You've been given incredible influence over your children. You know the right way. Your brain's developed. Teach it and impress it on your children. Don't even say it. Also act in it and walk in it. Ephesians chapter 6 would continue this. When, uh, when Paul's writing to the church in Ephesus, he says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. That word for fathers in the Greek, it, it encompasses parents in any parental role too. So it's not just fathers. Basically, parents, don't exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and what? The instruction of America? No, in the instruction of the Lord. Proverbs 22.6 continues by saying, Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they, were not, they will not turn from it. Are you starting to see God's heart for children? You know that God cares so deeply about children knowing him that he commands their parents to show them his love. I think as we reflect and think about it, I think a lot of our parents did their best to be an image of God in, in our life and did their best to show us the love of Jesus. And, and whether they even are submitted to Jesus or not, they probably did their best to love us and show us how much God loves us, hopefully. Uh, but, but I know a lot of us could say, yeah, my parents aren't perfect. Right, and some of us can nod and say our parents aren't perfect, but I also want to be pretty forward tonight that uh, some of your parents, if not many, have, have actually failed in doing this. I think I think there's some parents who've who've actually failed in showing their children what it looks like to be in the image of God. Maybe you had parents who were addicted to substances. Maybe you had parents who believed controlling you and using honor the Lord your God as a command, was maybe the way to parent you. And they, they thought controlling you was the right way. And that, that was the model of God. That's, that's not how God functions at all. Maybe your parents walked out on your life physically, mentally, emotionally. They walked out on you. They didn't show the commitment that God had. I'm just being honest. Some parents have failed in this, okay? It doesn't mean that there's no hope for you. It just That's just the reality, the choice that some have made. And I want to also say something very forward as well. Uh, I rarely say this, but God hates that this happened to you. I rarely say God hates a lot, but this is true. God hates that this happened to you. If, if this is a part of your story at all, I want you to know that this is not how God intended things to be at all. And, and he wants to bring healing, and he wants to bring hope. 
no matter what your situation, no matter your relationship with your parents, God alone can do this. Like I said before, I want to be very clear. God's intent for parents is that they would model his love to their children. He gave that responsibility and some chose not to walk in it. And not only does God hate this, but God is also very clear about his just wrath and his just anger for those who harm innocent children. In Mark chapter 9, verse 42, King Jesus says these words that make me shudder. He says, if anyone causes one of these little ones, children, those who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for them if a large millstone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. Let's say that again. If anyone causes any of these little ones, little children, those who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for them if a large millstone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. God is very clear about his justice towards those who harm innocent children. God hates that this happened. God never wanted this to happen. And God is just in his anger and his wrath towards those who harm children. And I think for a lot of us, no matter where our parents maybe lied on that spectrum of, of doing their best to um, show us the love of God, there's really two paths we can choose. Because every single one of us, trust me, you can go to counseling and you can find ways that your parents have not, have they, they've fallen short of the glory of God. There's, there's really two paths I believe that we can take as we start to grow up and become adults and we start processing how our parents have influenced us. The first is we can choose to walk in unforgiveness, bitterness, and anger. And the second, which I want to call the path of honor, is we can walk in forgiveness, healing, and hope. We can choose one path of unforgiveness, bitterness, and anger, or we can walk in a path of honor, which is forgiveness, healing, and hope. And I want to invite all of us, no matter the depth of our parents' sin, to walk in freedom and walk in healing. And this, this starts for all of us with reflection. We have to reflect on our lives. We have to reflect on our parents' influence over us. Even if you would say tonight, like, I think I just have the healthiest relationship with my parents. And that's awesome. I promise you should still reflect. <laughs> I, I promise. Because God wants you to grow this relationship with your parents. And things just happen, guys, when we become adults. Things just shift in our relationship with our parents. I'll share some more. Uh, but I just want to encourage you guys. It's important to reflect on how our parents have influenced us, okay? So I'm going to talk about that. Uh, my first year of my internship, uh, Michael gave us this book to read called Family Ties That Bind, and it's about our fooey, our family of origin, family of origin issues, our fooey. And, uh, and Michael basically said, hey, you need to process your fooey, and I'm like, what? And uh, you were going to like present it in, uh, in our in internship, our like internship meeting. So <laughs> Meredith comes up to me and is like, hey, what are you learning about your fooey? And now I'm like, I think she was being like sneaky. Like, I think that we were dating, and she's like, I wonder how much he knows about his family. <laughs> All right. Or she was like, she's like, hey, I'm, like, seeing this guy's marriage bowl. Let's see if he knows, like, how much food he's in his life. So she's asking me, and I'm like, yeah, we don't have any problems. <laughs> but I, I was genuinely serious. I literally thought my family's great. Like, I can't really think of any fooey. I think she thought about breaking up with me. <laughs> it's possible. But I think we laugh, but I think a lot of us can say, I can relate to, like, internship Brandon that we struggle at times to see our family's uh, sin, our family's, like, how the, our family's fallen short. In a lot of ways, we, like, look up to our parents so much. We're like, oh, they can never do wrong. And you become an adult, and you realize they've done a lot of wrong. And I need to figure out how that's affected me. And uh, don't go on my word. Go on the Bible. So Exodus 34, 6 through 7 says these words. In uh, Exodus chapter 34, 6 through 7, uh, he being the Lord passed in front of Moses proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord. 
the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. Okay, strong verse. Uh, but if you guys remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about suffering and in how in Philippians chapter 3, Paul calls us to suffer for the right things. And we talked about how suffering is really just experiencing the fall of creation. You guys remember that? And I talked about the three main relationships that are affected by the fall. I said it's our rela- humans relating to God, so the human relationship with God, humans' relationship with earth, and humans with other humans. Okay, and, and that includes our parents. Our parents have sinned against us. We have sinned against our parents. This is just true. It's a part of the fall. It's a part of suffering. And Exodus clearly states that God is aware of our fooey. It's true. God is aware of our family of origin sin. It's, and if you're wondering what that means, I'll, I'll state clearly. It's the culture that exists within your family that's in rebellion with God's rule. Whether it's like a main culture or a subculture, a sub-sub-subculture, a sub-sub-sub-sub-subculture, there is a culture in your family that does exist within it that's in rebellion with God's rule. Maybe it's a sense of nationalism, an allegiance to a political party versus an allegiance with King Jesus. Maybe it's a culture of gossiping against other people, a culture of judging other people, a culture of shaming other people. Maybe your family... Uh, without knowing it, has money is like the God of your family. Scripture is very clear. One can't serve God and money. Maybe your family values money more than the Lord Jesus. That's something to think about. Uh, our, our family might have a culture of like rebellion against authority. Like we don't like any authority. We're going to rebel against authority when the Bible's like, hey, submit to authority. If you go to counseling, one of the first things they'll do if they're smart is uh, they'll ask you about your childhood and your relationship with your parents. Welcome to Counseling 101. Didn't go to psychology for that. I went to counseling. Uh, and why is that? It's because a huge part of our worldview, our thought patterns, and the actions we take, they come from our family of origin. A huge part of our worldview, our thought patterns, and the actions we take, the way we think about other people, the way we think about ourselves, the way we process the world, it comes from our family. And it's so important to evaluate whether or not these values align with God's values. It is so important we evaluate, is this culture for my family, is that kingdom culture? How's that affecting me? How does Jesus maybe want me to think differently and act differently? In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, uh, Paul says these words to the church in Corinth. He says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Jesus. We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Christ. Guys, there are thought patterns that we've adapted from our family that are not fully obedient to Jesus. There are thought patterns in our life that are not fully obedient to Jesus. Okay, I'm going to say another thing very forward, okay? I'm, I'm being blunt tonight. I'm going to be blunt. You are not honoring your parents if you don't reflect on their influences over you. You are not honoring your parents if you don't reflect on their influences over you, both positive and negative. There is positive and there is negative. You may go, Brandon, why, why, why? That makes no sense. And I go, why not? Positive influence deserves honor and affirmation. Your parents deserve honor and affirmation. Thank you for raising me this way. Thank you for modeling me this way. Thank you for showing me the love of God in this way. 
I honor you. Thank you. And in the same way, negative influence deserves honor in conflict and reconciliation for our relationships with our parents going forward. I'd be shocked if you don't have conflict with your parents. I think you'd have to avoid it. I think, I think it's just the reality. And honor says, hey, this negative influence, the way that th- this culture has been, actually, mom and dad, I'm, I'm not walking in this anymore. And I'd ask you to honor me as I walk away from that. Honor provides affirmation, and honor also provides conflict with our parents. I know for me, like, there's just something crazy that, like, happens when you get married. I, I don't think this is always for married people. I think just all of you, whether you're single or you're going to be married, there's just something that happens with our parents as we, like, grow up. And I, and I, think, it's that, I think it's that season of authority slipping away. Um, as we start, we can drive, we can make decisions, we start dating somebody, we might get married, we might not, or, or we, we're getting our degree, we're starting to get financially responsible, and your parents are feeling that authority, it's going away. And I, and I think that our parents ah, kind of freak out a little bit at that, at that moment in our life. I know for me, like, if you plan a wedding, you'll have conflict with your family. You will just have conflict with your family. Please treat me like an adult. This is an adult moment in my life. Treat me like, oh, I want you to treat me like an adult. Anyways, I love my family again. <laughs> I do. I really do. I, I want to say that I think that something happens, and you guys maybe have experienced it now, maybe not, but it will happen. Well, your parents will struggle to grasp how to be your parent as you're becoming an adult. Healthy parents will submit that control and they'll trust Jesus. Unhealthy parents will continue to grasp at any authority that they can get. I'm going to say that again. Healthy parents will submit control and they'll trust Jesus. Unhealthy parents will continue to grasp at any authority and control that they can possibly have. How have your parents handled this transition in your life? How are, your, how are your parents handling you becoming more like an adult? Do you see them submitting to this, this pattern, or do you see them still grasping at times to have authority in your life? Help them treat you as an adult by acting like an adult. Help them treat you as an adult by acting like an adult, because control and forced submission are not of the kingdom of God they should not be obeyed, should not be obeyed. Rather, they should be confronted head on for the sake of the relationship. Control and force submission, they're not of God. They're not of the kingdom of God, and they shouldn't be obeyed. Rather, they should be confronted head on for the sake of your relationship. That takes honor. Okay, I'm being blunt tonight. Bear with me. But so far, we've discussed uh, that parents and children, they're both made in the image of God. It's awesome. We, we, know, we recognize that parents are given a season of authority, and it's important for us to reflect on the positive and also the negative influence over us. I hope you guys know that I love parents. <laughs> like, I think parents are amazing, and there's so much positive. I'm just being real tonight, okay? I want to uh, wrap up tonight by talking about how do we honor our parents in the midst of brokenness. In the midst of all of our parents not being perfect, just as a reality, we're not perfect. How are we supposed to honor our parents? Exodus 20, verse 12 says this. It says, honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord God is giving you. I want to say again, I think a lot of us read this and go, yeah, awesome. I want to honor my parents. And I think a lot of us go, 
how in the world do I honor an unhonorable parent? Maybe a parent that's made dishonorable actions in my life. How do I, how do I honor that person? How do I honor that person if it's, it's actually healthier for me to not have a relationship with my parents? How do I, how do I honor a controlling parent? How do, I, how do I honor a great parent? How do I honor my parent that is so great, but I just, I just need to be an adult? I need to make my own decisions. How do, we, how do we honor our parents? No matter what your relationship dynamic is with your parents, I believe there's two ways that we can honor our parents. The first is that we can honor them in our words, and the second is that we can honor them in our actions. We can honor our parents in our words, and we can honor them in our actions. So let's talk about it. So honor in our words. No matter what our relationship is with our parents, we can honor them in our words. Even if we have little to no relationship with our parents, even if we, we believe, and our counselor maybe said it, or our friends have said it, it's like maybe best to distance ourselves from our parents for a second. I don't think this is for everybody, but at times there's some of us that have to distance ourselves from our parents. We can honor them in the way we speak about them. We can honor them by not shaming them, honor them by not slandering them. We can honor by not gossiping about them. We can be honest about how our parents have hurt us, but there's, there can be honor in how we communicate about them, okay? My parents suck. I'm so blah, 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 my parents. Or honestly, yeah, I, I've, chosen, I've chosen to distance myself from my parents. There's been a tough season in my life. This has happened. I think they were thinking the right thing, but it just, it's just not best moving forward. That's honest. That's also honoring. Like I said earlier, I want to, I want to come back. There's really two ways that we can respond to our parents. We can, be, we can forgive them, we can walk in healing, and we can, we can walk in hope, or we can choose the path of unforgiveness, bitterness, and anger. And, and our words say a ton about what path we're going to choose, right? We can choose to forgive our parents. We can choose to speak healing upon ourselves and in our relationship with them. We can speak hope. Maybe if you have a really strong relationship with your parent, you can take time to honor them, like I said earlier, by sharing and, and, and telling them how much you appreciate them. I remember, I remember on Father's Day, uh, I took my dad out like in the backyard and I just sat him down. And I said, hey, I haven't done this before, but I just want to honor you and say all my favorite things about you on Father's Day. Like, thank you so much for being a great dad. I like love you. And I just sat down, I told him that. And he was like super emotional because I'd never done that before. Um, go out of your way to honor your parents. If it's appropriate, go out, go out of your way to honor them. Speak, speak the things that they've done, they've modeled you, and they've done so many, so many amazing things for you that you probably just don't even know fully. They deserve honor. So it's that in a great relationship with our parents, we can honor in that way. And, and if we're in the midst of feeling that tension of adulthood and there's the tension of them feeling the, the loss of authority and there's, like, there's just tension in that relationship, you can honor by having really healthy conflict with them. You can honor your parents by being honest with them about how they're hurting you. That's honoring to your parents. It's actually dishonoring if you don't tell your parents how you're feeling towards them. If you're just holding back things and you're not telling your parents how you honestly are, how's that going to be a healthy relationship moving forward? How did my marriage be healthy if I just didn't tell Meredith how I felt about her, if she was hurting me? It wouldn't really be a healthy marriage. Ephesians chapter 4 talks about speak the truth in love. We can honor our parents in love, even if we have to have conflict with our parents. And then just I want to mention again, if, if there is like, there's a lot of challenges in our walk with our parents, again, I want to say that there's honor in choosing not to slander, not to gossip, and not to shame them. 
The second part of honoring comes in our actions. We can choose forgiveness, we can choose healing, and we can choose hope in our actions. Not only do we honor with our words, but we can honor in our actions. And guys, it might be more honorable for us to spend more time with our parents. Jesus might say that, hey, you should call your parents a little bit more. <laughs> that might be more honoring right now. You're, you're being a little bit too much of an adult. You should call your parents. <laughs> it might be more honoring to call your parents. I, I'm hearing that, Lord. I need to call my parents more. For some, it might be honorable to spend less time with your parents. Your parents are negatively influencing you. Your parents are hurting you. And your parents are just not listening to you. And they're choosing not to, to listen to anything you're saying. They're, they're being challenged. It might be honorable to step back for a season so that they can feel the weight of their actions. That's honorable. This is hurting me. I, I can't talk to you as much. This is hurting me. I need you to listen to me. This is, this is something Jesus might invite us to, okay? This is just true. There might be time where we have to have some boundaries with our parents. I know I've had to set boundaries with my parents, and it's for the sake of our relationship. It's not just because I want to shame them. It's not because I judge them. Anything. It's actually for the health of our relationship moving forward. I need to set a boundary because they're not hearing me. They're not listening. I'm going to set a boundary. We'll come back, and we'll try to readdress it later. Uh, another way is we can find opportunities, again, if appropriate, to care for our parents. One of the ways of honor is caring. Uh, maybe, maybe one day there's, there's financial caring that we can give to our parents. There can be financial ways we can help out with our parents. There's ways that we can support our parents with just, just serving them. and have Like if there's projects going home, man, you could go home and just bless them and help them. Parents that are like moving furniture, you're like, I'm coming home. I'm going to help with the furniture. I think it's fun to like surprise visit them. And just, like, come out of the blue, unless that would be, like, really unhealthy. But if they're, like, we don't appreciate that, don't do that. But, like, my parents would appreciate that. Like, if I just randomly showed up, they'd be super happy. Show them that you love them. Uh, as we kind of come to a conclusion, I, I want to say another thing. This is my last thing I'll say forwardly. Honoring does not always mean obeying. Honoring our parents does not always mean obeying. I remember uh, spring camp out 2018. It was my first uh, year facilitating. And uh, coming into spring camp out, I was super stressed out about a lot of my homework. And, uh, and I had made an agreement. I would made a commitment to the facilitator team that I would show up to spring camp out. Physically able, I would show up to spring camp out. And I remember just feeling the weight of, of like, oh, my gosh, like, if I go to spring camp out, I might not like pass or I might not pass like this quiz or this homework assignment. And I don't know what to do. And I was freaking out. So I called my mom and was like, I don't know what to do. And my mom said, honey, school's way more important than your community right now. And, uh, and I, th I think you need to just tell them that you're not going to go to camp out. You're going you're gonna to focus on school because that's more important. What, what was honoring to my mother in that, in that decision? I chose to honor my mother by, by not obeying her, by obeying Jesus, and by <laughs> obeying and respecting her voice. Does that make sense? I, I literally made a commitment, and I said, I will own that this quiz may flop because that was my, I made that choice. I didn't prep as well. I made a commitment to my ministry. I'm going to show up. That's the way that I obey Jesus. And I honor my mom by saying, hey, I respect your voice. Thank you for speaking. I hear you. Um, this is actually not the choice I'm going to make. I, d I need to go. This is something I committed to. Honoring does not always mean obeying. There are going to be times where you need to honor your parents in actions and in words without obeying them. There will be times to honor your parents in action and in words without obeying them because you need to obey the kingdom of God. You need to obey your king, Jesus, over your parents, if you're, obviously if your parents are not in submission to Jesus. There's a lot of really crazy stories in the Bible 
Jonathan and Solomon's one crazy story. I'm not going to get into it, but Jonathan had to obey his king instead of his father. So as we conclude tonight fully, I want to invite the worship team to come up, and I want to share a hopeful story to bless you, and it's one of Tony Caraggio. Where's Tony? There he is. I got Tony's permission. Uh, If you know Tony, Tony's pretty awesome. Tony's very mature. I've told Tony that he's one of the more mature students I think I've ever seen. And when I first met Tony, I'm not kidding, one of the first thoughts I had is, man, this guy probably has some awesome parents. Tony was just deeply mature, great, just communicator, super honorable in his actions, very high integrity. Just Tony is wonderful. And I remember thinking, this dude's got some awesome parents. And then I asked him for a story and was shocked to hear about his story with his parents. I won't go into tons of detail. You can ask Tony if you want to hear the full story. I'll honor him in that. Um, But Tony really didn't have a relationship at all with his father. It was a really unhealthy relationship. And eventually his father ended up leaving the family. And Tony had to be a father figure way too early in his family. I think it was like young teenager. You had to be a father figure to to your siblings. And I think... That is an easy path, temptation path to say I'm unforgiven, I'm angry, and I'm bitter because I'm 13 years old and I have to be a father figure. How in the world am I supposed to do that at 13 to my siblings? It would have been so easy to walk on that path, but Tony chose opposite. And Tony chose to walk in forgiveness. I'm sure it wasn't perfect, but Tony had to choose to submit to Jesus and say, like, yeah, God gave me these parents. God gave me this father, and I have to honor my father, but I also have to, like, I have to step into a role that I, was, I should not have been ready for. And I think the Lord has shown fruitful in Tony's life that Tony's one of the more mature college students I've ever seen because Tony decided, I'm going to walk in what, what the Lord has, even though it shouldn't have been this way, but I'm going to let God really be my father. And I'm going to walk in healing, I'm going to walk in hope, and I'm going to walk in forgiveness. And Tony is walking in maturity in the Lord, probably more than he ever should be because of his story. I want to share for you guys, if, if any of you have a story similar, each of you has the ability to change your family culture, change your family's history. Each of you has the ability to do that. God wants to invite you into creating and shaping a culture and a history of your family that is as godly as possible. So I just want to conclude tonight by asking a couple questions as you reflect. They're on the screen. The first one is, uh, what are some ways that my family culture was in opposition to the kingdom? In what ways was my family culture in opposition to the kingdom? And it's not up there, but I'd like you to add, in what ways did it align with the kingdom of God? Okay, you can add some positive there. What are some ways that my family culture was in opposition to the kingdom culture? In what ways did it align with the kingdom? And then I want you to write out and, and just talk, or I want you to write out how you can honor your parents this week and this quarter. And I also just want to say, like, if you need to, you know, talk to your facilitator this week and process this more, like, I'm just touching just the, the surface of parents, guys. And so I just want to encourage you that there's opportunities to continue to process even tonight and with your facilitators and with that, I'm going to pass it off to the worship team.